Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Greetings from South Africa, friends, and welcome to more stories from Adventist Frontier Missions. Our story today, which is entitled The Joys in Sinem, is by Elisha Joy, who moved in among the Sinem people. His story begins right off the bat with the intense heat and humidity that hit them as they exited the airport like, and I quote, a ton of bricks. Just going shopping or chatting with some neighbors was enough exposure to the heat that you'd want to take a nap. Another thing was the traffic of motorbikes. When Elisha decided to test out his bike as well as get a feel for the traffic, he was surprised to find out that the entire street, as well as the sidewalk, was covered with motorbikes, handlebar to handlebar. They also struggled with a language barrier where it took them weeks to find an apartment. Even finding food was a challenge because of every label being in a foreign language, as well as the fact that so many of the food items contained pork. When they finally found a familiar food joint, Pizza Hut, they wasted no time. Pizza Hut, which they took no delight in back home, was now a delightful sight as well as a hearty meal. But surely it's not all bad. For once they passed through numerous challenges, they settled in and soon became acquainted with a dear older man whom they called Uncle. Because for the Sinem, family names are more endearing than people's own names. Now he's actually the security guard for the apartment building. For our apartment building and he sleeps and basically lives in the lobby. Every time we go down to go shopping or take a walk at the park or you know, run an errand, he's always there to open the door for us or to take out our motorbike. or He has a, a pretty thick southern accent and it's still difficult for me to understand what he's saying because uh, he pronounces things a little differently. He's kind of short. He has jet black hair and uh, his fingers are kind of short and stubby. And he's always sitting there drinking tea or, or watching TV. But whenever he sees me come down, he jumps up and says hello and, and plays with Jacob Gives him a little sniff on the on the cheek. That's what people do here instead of a kiss. They come up right next to your cheek and <laughs> sniff you as if they're smelling you or something. I remember when I first met him, I was a little bit afraid to ask personal questions because I guess I'm not really used to doing that back home. You know, asking about things that might be too personal or maybe potentially offensive to people. But I noticed that whenever I wanted to translate something using my smartphone, because I have this Google Translate app, he just refused or he wouldn't really understand how to use a phone. And I thought, could be because he doesn't know how to use a smartphone. But actually, I asked him one day, you know, why why is it that when I want you to read something or, or want you to help me with something on my phone that you, you, you can't do it or you don't want to? He actually told me that he can't read. He said that when he was in first grade or so that his school got bombed during the war and, and he didn't have any place to study. And all throughout his elementary school, his village was in war and he just never learned to read after that. And I remember something else that happened that, you know, we have this drinking water in these five-gallon jugs and I pay him about $2. It's 55000 in the local currency. So I paid him 55000 and I went and ran some errands. And then when I came back, he actually wanted to tell me something. And he was kind of embarrassed and had a sheepish look on his face. 
and he told me that actually the jug of water was only 50,000 and I overpaid him, but that he took the 5,000 extra and, and he actually went and bought some bread. And he wanted to know if he could pay me back at the end of the month when he got his paycheck. And I remember thinking that, wow, he, you know, he's hungry every day. He's just struggling to find food every day. And I think God really just used that moment. We were just struggling through the conversation. He didn't really, he had to tell me several times why he took the 5,000 and I had to keep asking him to repeat himself. But finally we got down to the end of it and, and I realized that, you know, he just needed a meal once in a while. And here I was in my apartment cooking my meals and not even realizing that our security guard was just needing 5,000, which is 25 cents. That he just didn't have 25 cents to buy a plain loaf of bread. And that was the beginning of us just realizing how poor and how needy our friend, our uncle, was. He told me that his salary is only $250 a month and that he actually sends most of that money over to his wife, who lives in the countryside about two hours away from the big city where we live. And she takes that $250 and uh, she actually buys little piglets. You know, she takes these little piglets from the market and she raises them. She has a like a barn and uh, the barn is is as big as their house. They raise a dozen pigs. It takes them about a year to, to be full-sized adults. And I asked him, why do you need to put them in a barn? And he said that if he raises them outside, the mosquitoes will bite them when they try to sleep at night. And if they get a lot of mosquito bites, uh, they won't grow. And so after a year, the, these little piglets grow up into full-sized pigs and then they'll sell them. I think he says they get to be about 200, 200 plus pounds and, and he'll sell them for a couple hundred dollars each and then he'll use that money to buy more piglets. And that's how his wife makes a living. And that's why they're separated because she has to raise the pigs and uh, he has to make the money in the city because there aren't any jobs um, in his hometown. For more information about this project, please visit afmonline.org. That's afmonline.org. And so every time I sat down and struggled through a conversation with uncle, I found out just a little bit more about his life. And I remember one time I was up on the roof. You know, we live in an apartment building. It's a very narrow building, and it has five stories. On the fifth floor, there's a little rooftop balcony, and sometimes I go up there early in the morning and pray. It was 6 o'clock, and the sun was kind of peeking over the, the buildings. And he actually came over where I was praying, and he tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, Come eat breakfast. And I walked over, and there's a little makeshift kitchen, just a little burner, you know, and some plates um, where the staff at the apartment, they, they cook their meals, and, and a little rice cooker. And he had made some uh, rice porridge with chicken. And uh, there was a chicken head floating in there, and he said, here, help yourself. So I dished myself some, some rice porridge and some chicken, and uh, he made a little sauce for me. He squeezed the lemon and, and got some salt and pepper, and... He cut up a few chilies and he mixed it together into like a sauce to dip the chicken. And uh, we sat there and just ate silently. You know, he ate kind of fast. And uh, yeah, it was just such a nice thing for him to do. And just the way he asked me, it wasn't, are you hungry? Or did you eat breakfast? Or do you like chicken? He just invited me. You know, I didn't ask him, what are you eating? Or I just went over there and, and sat down and and I just realized that that's how the Sinan people are. They they just always are open to inviting people to share. And they don't really have a lot of questions or a lot of preconditions or, you know, they're not really um, 
they don't really mind um, sharing space and sharing food and sharing everything with each other. And it made me think about the way I look at life, the way I look at my privacy, my personal space, my personal time. Because in America, I'm just so used to having my own space, my own time, my own money. Actually, made me think of a story I read recently. It's it's in a book called T for T. There's a church planter named Ying Kai, and he is telling the story about how he used to be a hospital chaplain. It made me think, oh, I used to be a hospital chaplain. And he told the story that you know, as he was visiting these sick patients, he would say, hey, how are you? Are you feeling better? And he would say, oh, I'm the hospital chaplain. I want to introduce the gospel to you. Do you mind if I share my story? He was very gentle about it, and he found that a lot of people, they would just turn him down. they say, oh, it's okay, I'm tired, or I'm busy, or maybe come back later. And there would be only one out of every 15 people or so that actually would want to hear the gospel. And then he tells the story that he came back to visit his home, his home country in Taiwan, and he would usually have breakfast, and it, the breakfast would be a bowl of soy milk with a Chinese donut. The people at the restaurant would ask him, do you want an egg in it? But the egg is 10 Taiwan dollars, so, and he was on a tight budget, so he would always say no. But one time he says that he went to a different restaurant, and then as he placed his order, the owner asked him, one egg or two? And he replied, just one. And then he brings his bowl of soy milk to the table, and his wife asks him, why did you get an egg today? And he says, oh, well today he didn't ask me yes or no, but just one or two, so I told him one. And uh, he realized that, you know, this man was really smart. God kind of opened his mind and made him realize that, you know, I'm sharing the gospel, and it's a good thing. Why do I need to ask for permission? I just need to give it to them. And he was thinking, if Jesus is a shepherd and he and he's looking for the, the lost sheep, he doesn't say, hey, little sheep, do you want to go home? May I introduce myself? I'm the shepherd. No. He says, this is my sheep. I'm going to take him back home. And then there's a celebration afterwards. When you share the gospel, you don't need to stand outside and say, do you want to hear it? May I introduce you to Jesus? No. God created them and they're lost. You just need to share them the story of God's love. And you need to do it boldly. That really made me think a lot. Because I've realized the last six months that I've been here among the Sinem that I've just been focusing on the people that I think are likely to respond. You know, the people that are nice, or the people that I think would be a good Christian, or the people that I think will respond. But the sower... In the Gospels, he sows his seed on all types of soil. And whether it's hard soil or whether it's thorny soil or rocky soil, you know, the sower just sows his seed indiscriminately. And God is the one that chooses the soil that's fruitful. When I had a bad back one time, I, I think I tweaked it when I was sleeping. I, I remember I opened up to Uncle. I told him, you know, Uncle, I have this bad back. And you know what he did? He said, oh, I have something for you. You need to put on this oil. And he went and got this little bottle of, looked like it was from China. It had like a picture of like a tiger on it. And he opened up this bottle and, you know, without asking me, he just rubbed his finger in there, some kind of medicated oil. And he pulled my shirt up and he just started rubbing, rubbing this oil all over my back. And I just realized that, you know, the people here in Sinem, they, they're a little bit pushy to me. They don't really ask. They like to help each other. And they give each other a lot of advice, a lot of recommendations. 
especially if you're older and more experienced, you kind of tell younger people what they should do. And, you know, young people, they're very receptive. They're very open to advice. You know, they don't really give people a lot of choices. They just choose for each other. And they do things together. One time I was, I was buying people drinks. You know, we had a couple of friends and, you know, I, I bought four different kinds. You know, I, I bought water because, you know, some people maybe don't like sugar. And, and I bought some orange juice because maybe people like, you know, something natural. And then I bought some coconut juice because it's kind of light. And then I bought a soda because, you know, maybe people want something refreshing. You know, maybe someone doesn't really mind having a lot of sugar. I feel like people need options. There's another security guard that has a rash on his face. And he actually asked me, do I have any medicine that could help? And I remember thinking, oh, I should ask my dad. He's just going to give me some kind of cream. I wonder, I wonder if it's going to work. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should ask him what kind of medicine he usually likes to have. Oh, I don't know. I, I just thought of all these things. I, and then I thought of charcoal. Oh, charcoal. Will charcoal work? I don't know. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. What if it doesn't work? You know, if I give him the charcoal, should I pray for him? You know, if I pray for him, what if he thinks I'm trying to convert him? Oh, what, what if it's uncomfortable? You know, I don't know if I want to pray in English. Should I get someone to help me? You know, I had all of these questions and it basically paralyzed me. It made me not really want to act. And so it ended up I never actually helped him. And when I look back at that, it makes me think, you know, next time I should just do it. I should just take the opportunity. I should just go up to my room, get the charcoal, make the poultice and, and you know, pray for him. You know, even if it's not in the Sinem language, just pray for him in English. It made me think I should just do it. Just seize the opportunity. Just be bold and not be afraid to share my faith, to share what I have with people right then and there. That's the lesson that I've learned here among the Sinan people the last six months as we've just made friends and gotten used to this place. I really covet your prayers as we live here among the Sinan people and as we learn the language, as we get more and more used to this place. Just thank you so much for your support and for your love and for your prayers for us. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. God bless, folks.